Well, as we continue our series, Storms, I want to talk to you from this thought, I caused this. I caused this. Now, if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, I've been teaching from the the text in Acts chapter 27, and we have been primarily learning about storms that we get into that were out of our control. You see, the storm in Acts 27 that they got into, it wasn't their fault. They They were on the ship, and a storm arose. It wasn't their fault, and we've been teaching you about how to navigate those kinds of storms. And week one, I taught you about broken pieces and how to make it when you're, when it's not your fault, but the ship is falling apart. How do you make it on broken pieces? Last week, we learned how do you survive in the midst of the storm? The storm wasn't your fault, but yet it came. You're in the midst of the storm. How do you survive? How do you navigate when you're in the midst of the storm. Encourage you, if you miss those weeks, go online and check out those messages. I believe they will help you tremendously at peopleschurch.tv. Click on watch and check out the messages. But today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about how to navigate storms that you brought into your own life. How to navigate storms that, that you helped to cause. So how do you navigate those storms? Those storms look different than storms that were out of your control, but, but when you have helped to create or to cause a storm, how do you navigate through that storm? And I want to begin just by this train of thought. How do we cause our own storms? How do we cause our own storms? The first thought is this. We go our own way. We go our own way and end up in a storm. I want to talk to you from a very famous Bible character today, and his name is Jonah. Most of you have heard the story of Jonah, whether you grew up in church or just recently started uh, attending church. You've heard the story about the man who was in the belly of a fish. I mean, all of us kids probably have heard that story, but I want to look at this story and learn some lessons today. Jonah chapter 1, I want to pick up in that very first verse in the book of Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. And it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Amittai, go to this great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. The scripture says the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah heard the word of the Lord. Jonah knew the word of the Lord. Jonah understood the word of the Lord, and yet Jonah went his own way. Jonah didn't follow the word of the Lord. And Jonah went his own way because God gave Jonah a very difficult word. God gave Jonah something that he did not want to do, go to Nineveh. And Nineveh was an a enemy of Israel. They were a bitter enemy. You see, Nineveh, they were a cruel wicked, evil nation. They were wicked to Israel. And, and, Nona, uh, and, and Jonah's thinking, I, don't know, I do not want to go to Nineveh and preach that wicked nation. I don't want to give them the opportunity to repent and get things right with God. And so what Jonah decides to do is to go his own way. And you know what's interesting is the word of the Lord comes to all of us. 
And the word of the Lord actually comes to us consistently. You can hear the word of the Lord as you come to church on Sundays and worship and, and you hear the message from the Bible. You, you hear the word of the Lord when you read the Bible on your own. You, you can hear the word of the Lord when you're around other Christ followers and they're, they're talking about the things of God. You can hear the word of the Lord when you're listening to the radio or watching television and somebody says something spiritual or about God and you hear the word of the Lord. But, but just like Jonah, God asks us to do some things that we don't want to do. How many of you would agree with me? There are some scriptures in the Bible that you just want to ignore. You know what I mean? You, you read the Bible, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I like that. You read the Bible, and there's just certain scriptures, like maybe for you, maybe it's forgive. You're like, I don't want to forgive. I don't like that scripture. Or maybe here's a scripture that you just want to ignore. Love your enemies. Like, but they don't love me. No, no, but you love your, but they don't love me. You know, you don't, like, you don't like that scripture. Or maybe it's pray for those who persecute you. But they're persecuting me. Why would I pray for them? I want to pray for them. Turn the other cheek. We, we, we just, we don't like certain scriptures. Maybe, maybe for you it's wait to have sex until marriage. And the Bible says flee sexual immorality. You're thinking, I don't like that scripture. I, I, don't, I don't really care. I don't, I don't like that scripture. Maybe for some it's the scripture of tithing, and you're thinking, I don't want to return 10% of my income back to the Lord, to the local church. I, I don't like that scripture. Maybe for some it's controlling your tongue, and the Bible says control the tongue, and, and, and yet you think, I don't like that scripture. I want to curse, and I want to tell people off, and I want to gossip. I, I do not like that scripture. You know what's interesting is we all have really good reasons of why we don't want to follow the word of the Lord. I mean, really good reasons. Jonah had good reasons. I mean, they, they have hurt us, Lord. They are our enemy. They are wicked. They have wronged us. And some of us would say the same thing. We would say, I, you know what? I don't want to follow the word of the Lord and forgive because they hurt me. They have wronged me. They have lied on me. They have assaulted my character and my integrity. I do, I do not want to forgive them. I don't want to turn the other cheek. I don't want to pray for them because it was an unfair, it's an unfair situation. This is unfair. I don't want to pray for them. You know what? We're in love. We're going to get married. It's a good reason. It's a good reason. We really, really, we really love each other. And I'm telling you, we're going to get married. So I have a good reason. God, you know I have bills and debt. I'm not tithing. I'm not being generous. I got, you know I got, I got a good reason. God, I've got bills to pay. God, I have a good reason. And sometimes our reason is, that's how I was raised. I'm not following the word of the Lord. I'm following the word of big mama, grandma. I'm following the word of, of uncle. I'm following the word of mama or daddy. I'm, I'm not following the word of the Lord. I mean, I'm going to tell you, this is how I was raised in the environment. I was raised. This is how we believe. I'm not following the word of the Lord. Sometimes, you know what? Our good reason is this. I don't want to. You see, God, here's how I feel. And God, you need to understand that how I feel matters more than your word. And I don't feel like doing it. And, and we have good reasons of why we don't follow the word of the Lord. But understand this, doing the wrong thing for a good reason is still the wrong thing. 
I'm going to say that again. Doing the wrong thing for a good reason is still the wrong thing. And when you and I don't follow the word of the Lord, we end up in a storm. Sometimes the storms are humongous and sometimes they're small, but when we go our own way, we end up in a storm. Notice Jonah chapter 1, the next verse, verse number 4. Let's find out what happens to Jonah as he's running from God. It says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Because Jonah didn't follow the word of the Lord, he ended up in a storm. And I can tell you from personal experience, I have ended up in some storms because I didn't obey the word of the Lord. There have been times I did not follow the word of the Lord, and I ended up in a storm. My wife and I first got married. It was a financial storm because we didn't follow the word of the Lord. I can tell you about relationship storms that have happened because I did not follow the word of the Lord. I can tell you about some health storms because I didn't follow the word of the Lord. I can tell you about some emotional and mental storms that I have been in because I did not follow the word of the Lord. When we go our own way, we end up in a storm. What I want to do for the remainder of our time together is, listen, my heart's to help you today. Now, you're probably not going to say a lot of amens today, and that's okay. But my heart's to help you today. It's to help you. I want to give you four lessons Jonah teaches us about causing our own storm. Four lessons Jonah teaches us about causing our own storm. And and as we listen to this message and digest it, understand that these lessons will help you get out of a storm. Number one is this, the first lesson, admit it's your fault. Admit it's your fault. Jonah chapter 1, notice verse number 11. It says, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. I want you to notice Jonah's caused the storm, and and it's getting rougher and rougher. Some storms are rough. It says, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. This storm will stop. He goes on to say, I know that it is my fault, it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. You you know what Jonah would tell us if he was alive today? If Jonah was alive today at People's Church, he would say, if you want to get out of the storm, you have to admit when it's your fault. You see, one of the biggest issues that keeps people from from, from admitting that that they have, have, have caused the storm is... And they won't ever admit it. They won't take responsibility for their own poor decisions. They don't follow the word of the Lord, and then they blame everybody else. They don't follow the word of the Lord, and then they blame their family, blame friends. They blame a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They don't follow the word of the Lord, and then they blame their spouse. Your fault. It's the economy. It's the job. They don't follow the word of the Lord. They blame their coworker or a teacher or a professor or they even blame their enemy. And people don't follow the word of the Lord and then they even blame God. God, it's your fault. It's really common for people to blame God. Matter of fact, let me, let me, let me share a scripture with you. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 3 says this. People ruin their, their lives 
by their own foolishness. Let that sink in. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. This happens all the time. I just, I want to help you today. People get into a storm because of their own poor decisions, and then they turn around and and blame God. They didn't follow the word of the Lord, and now they're in a mess. They're, They're in a storm, and they get angry at God, and they get angry at people, and they play the blame game. And in reality, here's the reality. People, people do this, they, they blame everybody else, but, but they chose to get in that bad relationship. That was, that was their choice. They, they chose to start hanging out with the wrong crowd. They, they chose that. They, they chose to stop coming to church. They, they chose to eat six bowls of ice cream every night. They chose that. They chose that. They, they chose to buy a car they could not afford. They chose to buy a home they could not afford. They, they chose to stop tithing and honoring God with the tithe. They, they chose to start, to start smoking that stuff, to get on drugs. They, they chose to start lying and, and living a deceptive life. They, they, they chose, and now they're in a storm. They're blaming God. They're blaming other people. And, and I want to help you. I want to encourage you, stop blaming people for the storm you caused. It's so critical. If you don't accept responsibility for the storm you caused, then you won't accept responsibility to get out of the storm. If you can't accept responsibility and say, hey, you know what, I helped to cause this, then you will not accept responsibility to get out of the storm that you find yourself in. So it's so important, admit it's your fault. That's tough to do. It is tough to do what Jonah did. He's on the ship. The storm is raging. And he says, guys, this is my fault. It's my fault. I mean, Jonah could have blamed Nineveh. Nineveh, if you weren't so wicked, God would have told me to preach to you. It's your fault, Nineveh. He could have blamed the sailors. Sailors, it is your fault. It's the weather's fault. It is God. Jonah said, no, 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 no. No, I, I know why I'm in this. It's my fault. You see... When you blame others, you give up the power to change. And I want you to be able to change your life, change your storm, change your situation and surroundings. But if you keep blaming other people for your own poor decisions, you are giving up the power to change. And you're placing it in other people's hands. And at some point, you have to take responsibility for your own decisions. It doesn't matter how mom and daddy raised you and what they did. I get that. Listen, I didn't grow up in some perfect home or environment. But I'm telling you, at some point, you have to take responsibility for your own decisions. Preach the truth, Pastor. I'm trying to. I'm trying to help you today. And Jonah said, this is my fault. Number two is this. A second lesson we learned from Jonah, number two, is acknowledge you are running from God. Acknowledge you are running from God. Notice in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 10, it said, This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So Jonah acknowledged he was running from God. I love this. Jonah didn't play religious games. 
Jonah didn't say, you know what? I'm following the Lord. And when in actuality, he was going his own way. He didn't say, you know what? I'm, I'm chasing hard after God. I love God with all of my heart and I'm following him. When in reality, he was going his own way. Jonah said, I'm not following the Lord right now. I'm going my own way. I'm running from God. And I want to encourage you, don't deceive yourself. We, we, we kind of live in a, in a culture that we just, we're so easily deceived, and we're so, we, we, we even just deceive ourselves. And, and people will actually say that they're following the Lord when they're, when they're not. There are people that attend church and sing Christian songs and quote scripture, and they say with their mouth, Jesus is their Lord. But they're not following the word of the Lord. They're going their own way. And it's self-deception to, to be in the middle of a storm and going your own way and then to say, I'm following God. Jesus talks about this in the Gospels. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, he says, why do you call me? Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say. He says, he says, he says, why are you deceiving yourself and saying, I'm your Lord, and then you go your own way? He says, why, why are you doing that to yourself? Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who who does, not just knows, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, you can't keep ignoring the word of the Lord and then say Jesus is your Lord. You can't keep going your own way and then saying Jesus is your Lord. You can't keep running from God in certain areas of your life and then say Jesus is Lord. It's really so important for us to understand that Jesus did not die on an old rugged cross just to be our Savior, but to also be our Lord. He doesn't just want to be your Savior. He wants to be Lord. He wants to be Lord of all. He hung. He bled. He died, not just to be your Savior, but to be your Lord. And it's so important. Here's what's so important. Here's what's so important. If you're running from God, be honest about it. If there's an area of your life you know you're not following the word of the Lord, don't deceive yourself. You know you're running from God. You know you're doing your own thing. You know you're going your own way. Be like Jonah. And Jonah said, you know what? Hey, guys, you know why I'm on this ship? <laughs> I am running from the Lord. That was critical for Jonah to be able to get out of his storm. Number three is this. There's a third lesson we learned from Jonah, and that is realize the storm you caused affects others. It affects others. Notice in Jonah chapter 1, verse 12, he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. If Jonah was alive today, he would tell us this. He would say this. If he was at People's Church today, he would say, when you don't follow the Lord, you go your own way, you end up in a storm, and it affects other people. The storm can affect your family, your friends, your career. Jonah would tell us, stop running 
from God. Stop going your own way. Stop hearing the word of the Lord and not following what God says. You know, it's really sobering to really think about when you and I go our own way. When you and I run from God in areas of our life. Oh, we said, but I'm, I'm following God in these three, but these, but these three I'm not in. And we go our own way. It's really sobering to think about that my decisions, my poor decisions of disobeying the word of God has created a storm. And this storm's not just isolated to me, but it's affected my children, my spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, school, co-workers. It's really so, you know what? It's easy to think, and Jonah could have thought that, hey, I'm on this ship. I'm running from God. I'm in the middle of a storm. And you know what? It's just affecting me. No, it's not, Jonah. It's affecting so many other people. It's affecting innocent people, Jonah, because you're running from the Lord. And I think if we could really grasp that, it helps, it helps us to own it. It helps us to say, I'm going to stop. It helps us to say, I'm going to follow the word of the Lord because me not following the word of the Lord is affecting so many other people. Number four is this. There's a fourth lesson we learn from Jonah. Number four is this. God did not send the storm to pay you back, but to bring you back. He did not send the storm to pay you back, but to bring you back. I want you to notice this in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 15. It says, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. Now, let me remind you, they only threw Jonah overboard because he told them to. So just say some of y'all was getting some ideas. You know some folks are running from the Lord, like, I'm going to help you. They threw Jonah over because he told him, them to. And it says, notice this, and the raging sea grew calm. Verse 17 goes on to say, now the Lord, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. God did not send the storm to pay Jonah back, but to bring Jonah back. If God wanted to pay Jonah back when they threw him overboard, he would have let the storm continue to rage. If he wanted to pay Jonah back, he would have let him drown instead of sending a fish, a big fish, to swallow him. God did not send the storm to pay him back, but to bring him back. God sends storms. He allows storms, not to pay us back, but to bring us back. Let me insert this. I just want to give you some theology, some teaching, some help about your heavenly father and who he is. Please understand that your heavenly father doesn't send disease, sickness, sin, or anything evil to bring us back. That's not how he operates. Thank God for grace. Thank God for the new covenant. God is a good God. It's a good God. The scripture says every good and perfect gift comes from above in the book of James. So God is not sending sickness and disease and evil and sin to pay you back. No, 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 no. Or to even bring you back. No, God will send a storm. God will allow a storm, though, to bring you back. And sometimes the storms are horrible. Sometimes you're on the ship throwing stuff off. Sometimes the storms are so bad, you think, I'm going to die. 
But the only reason that your heavenly father sent the storm or allowed the storm, it was never to pay you back. His heart is always to bring you back. God sends a storm. He wants to rattle you and get your attention, get your attention so so that he can bring you back to him. And I want you to see Jonah's response to God as he's in the belly of a fish. In Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed. Come on, that's good all by itself, just right there. You know what I mean? Inside the fish, been running from God, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. God, I've been running from you. I've been on a ship. I'm in a fish. But God, I realize that you brought this storm not to pay me back, but to bring me back. So Jonah called on the Lord. Don't allow the storm to drive you away from God. Let it drive you to God. Don't let the storm cause you to start cursing God. Let it cause you to start calling on God. Jonah could have cursed God. He said, I'm not going to curse God because I'm in a storm. I'm not going to curse God because I'm in a yucky belly of a fish. I'm going to call on God. Listen, listen, listen. Some of you are in a storm, and if you're honest, you cost it. And right now, I want you to understand, God did not allow that storm or send that storm to pay you back. He sent it to bring you back. And now you have a choice. Will you curse God because you're in the storm? Or will you call on God in the storm? And Jonah called on God. Then the scripture goes on to say, I encourage you in your own time this week, even today, to read Jonah chapter 2. As Jonah turned back to God, because some of you need to turn back to God. And he has a very powerful prayer that he continues to pray. But I want to pick up this prayer in verse number 8. And Jonah prayed this, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. And some of you have been clinging to worthless idols. There are areas of your life that you know what the word of the Lord is. And you run and you cling. And he says, they're worthless. They can't even compare to following Jesus and his way and his word. And yet you're clinging and you're holding on. He says, they cling. I mean, they're holding on for dear life to worthless idols. And here's what he says. They don't even realize that they're turning away from God's love for them. Some of you are holding and you're clinging to the things of this world and you're clinging to the things that you want and you're going to do it your way because you know best. And Jonah says, listen, what you have to understand, and I understand this now that I'm in the belly of the well, I understand that all I was doing was running from God's love. He says, God really does know best. I don't know best. I don't like those people at Nineveh, but God knows best. God knows best. He goes on to say, verse 9, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. Jonah said, God, I will follow your way and not my way. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm giving you my life fully. He says, what I have vowed, I love this, what I have vowed, I will make good. Jonah says, I've been saying I worship God. I've been saying I'm your prophet. I've been saying that you're my Lord. And God, you know what? I have vowed that I'm going to make good on it. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to even do something that I really don't want to do because you're God. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish 
and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, now, now this next verse is my favorite in the entire story of Jonah. Here it goes, my, my favorite. Jonah 3 and verse 1 says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Come on, all of our locations. Come on, Mabel Bassett Prison. Everybody say, a second time. Yeah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah, the second time, obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. And friends, God is a God of a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a hundred chances. And I believe with all of my heart right now, God is sending his word a second time to some of you. God is sending his word a third time to some of you. God is sending his word a fourth time to some of you. God is sending his word a hundredth time to some of you. And the question is, will you be like Jonah this time and say, Lord, I don't want to. I don't even feel like it, Lord, but you know what? Your way is best. I'm not going to continue to cling to worthless idols. God, I surrender. I'm not going to say you're Lord with my lips and not with my life. God, I thank you for your grace that you send your word a second time. But this time around, I'm following the word of the Lord. I'm talking to somebody right now. Stop running. Stop doing it your way. Stop going your way. The Lord is sending his word to you a second time. And this is your moment to say, God, I will follow you with all of my heart. Friends, I just gave you a recipe to get out of a storm that you have caused from the life of Jonah. Would you follow Jesus with all of your heart?